Greetings and welcome to Hello Pine Knob, the official podcast for Pine Knob's 50th anniversary. I'm Gary Graff, and throughout the season, we're celebrating by taking a look at Pine Knob's present and especially its past, revisiting some of the most important events in the theater's history and talking with some of the folks who made it. After 50 years and more than 3,100 events, there's more than we'll be able to jam into these episodes, but hey, that's why there's a next season. In this episode, we go into the Wayback Machine to look at a part of Pine Knob that many have forgotten about and that maybe more don't even know about. Call it tunnel vision. When the theater opened in 1972, the lawn was bisected by a tunnel that took patrons from the entry concourse into the theater area. Its walls were painted with names and logos of the acts that performed at Pine Knob, which were added every season until the tunnel was filled in during the early 80s, increasing Pine Knob's capacity from 12,500 to more than 15,000. Those names were painted by Joan Malakowski Brandt, a school art teacher who was hired for the task by Pine Knob. Brandt, who's now retired and living in Oakland County, spent a decade or so at Pine Knob, adding names to the tunnel walls and occasionally meeting performers, not to mention many fans at the venue. We caught up with Brandt recently, and she told us her story about being Pine Knob's painter-in-chief. I taught school at Pierce Junior High for, gosh, years, and Larry Burry, who worked at our school, was married to Rosie, and Rosie was, oh, what's his name, Matt, his secretary, and like right arm. Well, they were decided when they built this that they had to have something on the wall, on the tunnel. And so he mentioned it to Larry, and Larry says, why didn't you tell Joey about it? Because I was the art teacher. The Matt she mentions was Matt Lacricchio, one of the builders of Pine Knob, and the Joe she'll reference next is Joe Niederlander of the Niederlander Theater family that owned and operated the venue. Back to Joan. I said, well, why not? And so I got an appointment with uh, Joey, and uh, I went home that weekend, and I didn't sleep the whole weekend. All I did was draw and draw and draw, and I had a whole workup of things to present to him. So it was really a very solid presentation. So when I went in to see him, he was impressed. And he asked me if I would wait outside. I said, sure. There were quite a few people that had to discuss whether or not I would be hired. So I went and waited outside, and they called me back in about five, ten minutes later and said that I had the job. And he said he was very impressed how orderly I was and how I gave full information. So I started. I'd never done anything like that. And I thought, holy cow, now that I have the job, can I do it? And I was just laughing about it. So anyway, we started, and it just kept going and going every year. They, I would add more to it. I just had a ball doing it. Brant's assignment came with a few other perks. Part of my contract, I had tickets, two tickets to all the shows, any of the shows I wanted, from rows A to G. I would go down to the Fisher, pick out the ones I wanted, and that's what I got as part of the payment, along with a financial, you know, money payment. I met a lot of the stars, because they would have sound checks in the afternoon, and that's what I painted. My favorite one that I remember is Johnny Mathis. I always took my dog, Cricket, with me, and Cricket would run on the hills and just go all over while I painted. And this one day, she came back, and someone was with her. 
And I said, well, who did you bring along, Cricket? And the guy started talking because I had my back to him. And the minute he spoke, I knew who it was. And I said, oh, my goodness. I turned around and we met. I said, you sing love music. And he started laughing. And he loved my dog. He said, can I take him on tour with me? And I said, never. We travel together. And so he just chuckled. But nice, nice man. Very pleasant. Two summers later, I was in London finishing my master's. He came in. They were having a a dinner. We all sat down at the table, and he was at another table. And he sent a message over, do you remember me? It was Johnny Mathis. He came over and said hello to everybody. And when we got up to leave, we asked for the bill, and he had picked up the bill for the entire table. And who else did I meet? I met Frank Sinatra. I took pictures of him while he was dining with Joey in the uh, restaurant, and he was very, very nice. I mean, you know, you don't get to know them, but you meet them. And he was very pleasant. Who else was there? Chicago. They were doing their sound check and came walking down, and they were curious that it was, quote, a woman that was doing this. And so I said, yeah, that even women are talented nowadays. So they just chuckled. But I could go on and on. I just happened to meet them here and there. Brand also had plenty of encounters with fans at the venue, also curious about the work she was doing. And then they had me one night, well, a couple of nights, they had me paid at night. And when everybody came in, you know, one night it would be uh, ladies in the long dresses and the men in their suits and very charming and everything. And the next night it would be uh, Ted Nugent. So they went from uh, dressy parents to uh, wild people. It was just such a, a mixture of people that came there. They roped me off and they had people there, you know, two beds standing at each end in case anything got out of hand. A couple guys would be hanging over the wall looking down at me and said, you know, did I want a, a drag? And I said, oh, I'd love it, but I can't right now, maybe later, just so that they wouldn't cause a problem, you know? You kind of learn how to handle the crowd. You met a lot of people and you learn how to deal with them. Like many fans, Brant was disappointed when Pine Knob's owners decided to fill in the tunnel area and expand the lawn. But she certainly understood. Well, I was the one that talked to Joey, and every year you could see the weight shifting because the dirt from the hill would push on it, and it would start moving. And you would see maybe a quarter inch, maybe half inch of the shifting of the wall, and I said, I'm a little nervous about it. And then the next summer I got a call and they asked if I, you know, wanted to take pictures or anything because they wanted to fill it in, you know, for safety reasons and all. That's what happened with it. It was like an era had gone by, you know. It was so neat. It was a very special time in my life. It was fun and people, I think, were most surprised that it was a woman doing it. Brandt did a number of other projects in the metro area, including the construction fences at Eastland Mall and a record store in Ann Arbor. She was also approached to paint Werner's offices in Detroit, but had to turn it down because it was during the school year. Brandt retired from teaching in 2000 and subsequently painted some murals for libraries and stores, took up pottery, and helped a friend illustrate a book. Our thanks to Joan Brandt for sharing her memories of the Pine Knob Tunnel with us.
That's it for this episode of Hello Pine Knob. You can catch other episodes wherever you get your podcasts, including odyssey.com and via 313presents.com. For more information about Pine Knob's 50th anniversary season, brought to us by United Wholesale Mortgage, Trinity Health and Ally, and all of 313 Presents events, visit 313presents.com. I'm Gary Graff. Thanks for listening. <laughs>